Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to GLE, the podcast where we go lead everything. On today's show, we've got a PR and marketing consultant, media personality, speaker, entrepreneur, and podcast host. This individual spent nearly 15 years in PR and marketing and advertising before starting her own PR and marketing business back in 2014. She's a former health coach, personal trainer, fitness model, and bikini competitor who now runs a PR and influencer marketing agency called Influence Plus Impact. She's the founder of the PR Accelerator and recently launched the Amplify podcast because, and I agree with her on this one, blending in is BS. Today, she's going to help us own our truth, use our voice, and live the most aligned, abundant, authentic version of ourselves. So excited to have her on the show today. Lauren Salon, welcome to GLE. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that intro was so great. I'm like, well, I, I kind of wrote it, but also like, thank you. I, I loved your spin on it. I'm pumped to be here. I have to say you are at the top <laughs> of the convenience of my podcast guests who have just, you know, provided these great resources to help me prepare for the show. So that's, that's a testament to your profession. Oh, thank you very much. That, that feels good. Awesome. So before we di- dive in and you teach us all this value you're going to bring to us today, why don't we just hear your story? I, you know, I know a little bit about you, but I'm still learning yeah. who you are and I know my audience is too. So why don't you share a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. I'll do the, the quick and dirty version. So grew up in Northern California. I'm currently based in Los Angeles. And like you said already, I, most of my career has been in PR and marketing and advertising, that whole world. And I left the last PR agency I was at back in 2014 because I was insanely burnt out. I, I was working at a, a crisis PR firm that specialized in working with the, in the healthcare industry. And we helped some of the, the biggest hospitals and healthcare systems in the country when, for lack of a better word, like shit kind of hit the fan, right? When things did not go as planned, they needed like urgent help and typically hired us like a few months after later than they should have right to to come kind of save the day and Mm -hmm. we were really good at what we did so we were growing very very fast and so i was working about 60 to 80 hours a week in a very fast-paced high intensity high stress type of job with high stress like client situations right so so a lot of work and a lot of stress in that work just by the nature of it. And then of course, when you're working that much, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty intense. So I hit burnout very, very fast. I, I would call myself a recovering or recovered workaholic, overachiever, perfectionist type. And so being in that kind of environment where you're almost encouraged to work nonstop and you very well can work nonstop sure. was a... Yeah terrible combo. So burnt out at the end of the day, it was not the kind of work that I was really excited about. I think we were doing important work and I learned a lot, but I wasn't really thrilled to come home and learn about like the affordable care act and hospital insurance policy and stuff like that. Some people right, are. Right, right. Um, and so I left so that I could, for two key reasons, so that I could pursue work that lit me up more, right. That I was more excited about. Cause I love to work. Right. And so that I could build my work around my life and not the other way around so that I could really prioritize my non-negotiables and be able to better put myself first. And one of the things we talked about health and fitness, excuse me, um, one of the things like that, or one of the ways that that looked was getting back into a a fitness routine, right? So when I left, I was like, okay, well, getting back into the gym, I, I was a competitive soccer player growing up getting back into the gym, doing the things like 
started my own bit, like my own stuff. Cause I had, had people asking for marketing and PR help and leaned in, leaned into that. I first needed to decompress and like figure out what I was even passionate about. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have time for hobbies back when I was at that agency <laughs> or like exploring other interests. So I'm like, right. okay, what would I even want to do? And the funny thing is, I think at that point I was like, what, like 27 or something back then. And I felt like I was so like, like my career was set. Like, I was like, well, this is the only direction I can go in now. What am I doing? You know, (laughs) and now, right. As an entrepreneur, you pivot like every six months at at least. Um, And so I went right into consulting um, for PR, marketing, social media stuff, um, and and did quite well with that right out of the gate, but then also got back into fitness for myself and was sharing my journey and my experience online and very organically and accidentally built a fitness business. Mm-hmm. I had people asking me what I was doing and, and all that. And so for several years, I had my consulting business and my fitness business running side by side. And as I'm sure you will agree with when your attention is split, right? You're not going to get the A plus results in, in both categories or really even in, in one, you know, I think, I think you like master something and then, and then you get to expand. Right. And so I was trying to like do so much again, still in that do, do, do go nonstop hustle grind kind of mode right? and looked up and I'm like, what the heck? Like this shouldn't be this hard. I'm super smart. Like I've accomplished a lot. I'm working my butt off. Like I'm doing a good job. And then like, it's kind of working, but I want, I want a plus results, right? Like Mm -hmm. my bank account is not reflecting the effort that I felt like I was putting in and the quality of work that I felt like I was doing my time freedom and my stress and just energetic space did not feel like it was reflecting how hard I was working, which, you know, we can get into all this uh, later, but like, you know, working harder does not necessarily equal more success, right? Definitely not. Um, (laughs) No way. No way. A a hard lesson to learn. I think I finally learned it in like 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I remember being, I was at this event that my team and I helped to help to sell out. So my, Uh my team and I did, um, grassroots influencer marketing and like social sharing, like a a big social media grassroots campaign for this event and helped um, one of my dear friends sell it out from the year prior. It was 500 people. And the year we came on and helped was 1500 people at this event. And so we crushed it. And I was, I would take on projects like that, but I was like, no, I'm not going back into PR because that's stressful. And I'm going to be a workaholic again. We're not doing it. But if like a dream client who happens to be one of my really good friends wants help, Okay, cool. And at that event, somebody else, of course, like came up and asked me was like, Oh, Hey, I want to talk to you about my book coming up or Mm -hmm. this or this. And I'm like, ah, more, (laughs) more business that I'm not even looking for, like that kind of thing. And also the, the really pivotal thing that happened at this event was one of my friends came up to me and she's like, Hey, so I know you helped so-and-so with this project. I know you helped so-and-so with this launch and, and this one and this event, and you're here now. And I know you helped with this in some way, but I don't know what you do. And I was like, oh crap. And cause here I am, I've, I've been doing this, like doing my fitness business, doing my consulting business for a few years, right? right. And right. I'm like Miss Social Media, so I'm thinking I'm and <laughs> yeah. I'm posting all the time, talking all the time. So I'm thinking like, oh, I'm sharing my message all the time. It's clear, mm-hmm. right? And then somebody who knows me personally is confused about what the heck my business is. Mm-hmm. And so that was like such a, a like wake up call, like punch in the gut type of moment because I'm like, well, if she doesn't know what I do, that means everyone else who follows me has no idea. Mm-hmm. right? Or is confused. And if they're right. confused, they're not going to take action. And if, if your audience is confused about how to work with you and pay you, you're not really going to like be bringing in much money. Right. Right. And so it was that event that I was like, okay, I already have another, you know, somebody who wants a proposal and wants to work with me. And so I either need to 
be done with this and put all my energy into my fitness business or into something else, or I need to figure out how to make this feel good and, right. and get excited about this and then go 110% into this. And so a lot of that was like me doing the inner work to like rewrite my story around PR because coming out of like massive burnout and that last agency like grew very, very fast when I was there. And so we had right. some, um, uncomfortable growing pains as well. Yeah. And so I like had this attitude of like, heck no, I am not going back to PR full time. And so I was able to rewrite that. And as entrepreneurs, right, we get to like design our business, however we want. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. Hey, wait, wait a second. Like at the end of the day, if I boil this down, PR is like, I, I get to connect with awesome people through the internet or in person mm -hmm. and then play matchmaker between them and other people like my clients. Right. And, and see those natural synergies and connections and see how they can create more magic together. I'm like, right. so I get paid to like make friends on the internet and connect them with my other friends. And how fun is that? And I'm really great at that. So <laughs> sounds like go. a blast is what it sounds <laughs> right? like. Right? I'm like, do people know this is my job? Yeah. Um, and so, so when I was able to like simplify it and then remind myself that my business gets to look the way that I want, it doesn't right. have to look like anywhere else that I've ever worked. Right. Right. Like, then I was like, wait a second. Okay. This can feel good. So let's do it. And so, and, and why I share this is because that like spreading myself too thin, even if it was just like two businesses, spreading myself too thin, not going all in and playing full out on the main thing. That's what was holding me back from getting major results, right? Getting those a plus results. And once I did that, I, so, so I, I made the decision to do that. And then like, you know, it, I think it took a, a year or so to really like get all the fitness stuff away. I had a, a 2019 for me, I call my gap year. I was dealing with some depression and some, some personal life stuff. So I, I slowed some of the business things down. Um, but yeah, I, in 2020, actually, when everything started shutting down in the world, like I, I still had some fitness stuff going on and 2020 happened in mid-March. I think I had an entire very substantial fitness income stream get completely wiped out in one week. And I was like, wow. okay, we are done. We're done with anything in fitness. Like I've been saying that I'm pivoting out of fitness right. for months now. And I'm just kind of haven't really, right. right. Still keeping it as a Dragging backup it. plan. And so, yeah. So once that happens, like no more backup plans, it was the PR business, right? PR and visibility business that like, if not that, then what? Right. And so I, I committed to going 110% in on that and showing up consistently providing a ton of value and my business, you know, we, we generated multiple six figures in less than a year. And, wow. um, I was able to grow my team from a virtual assistant and like one, part-time contract person to a team of seven, sometimes eight as, as needed for projects and, and like made more and worked less than I ever have. And that wow. momentum and that theme is continuing. And, and because I, like I said, like went all in on the main thing, like eliminated the backup plans and the distractions, like fully trusted in myself and my expertise and just like took messy action and went for it. How did, how did that feel Lauren? Were you frightened uh, to do that? Were you terrified? Yeah. Yes. I, and, but it also like, I kind of had no choice, right. At yeah. what, like it's thankfully on, you know, on some level, like thankfully the, the fitness income got wiped out without mm -hmm. my, uh, consent. Right. And, and because I, I, like I said, was dragging my feet. Cause I'm like, Oh, so I love that, my clients so much. Was and, it before or after the depression and the anxiety stuff? So when you went all in it was, and on, on, on the, you know, drop so the fitness, I had everything. Decide, yeah. So, so I would say beginning of 2019, I decided, okay, I'm going to go back into PR and 2019, I dealt with pretty chronic depression for that entire year, mm -hmm. as well as some anxiety. I dealt with anxiety for several years, but then it kind of 2019 flipped into depression. So I actually, in 2019 was like, I'm not excited about my bit, like my business as it is right now. And I had sure. made the decision to like, so I, so I needed a break. And then, um, I guess it was, yeah, early 2019 kind of made that decision that I was going to get back into PR mm -hmm. most likely, but I didn't really know what 
that looked like. And I wasn't excited about it. So I gave myself some space from my business to kind of like focus on other things. And I I actually started working at a gym here in LA. So I was like, you know what? I want to get out of the house. I want to work with people in person. Mm -hmm. I want to establish a new network. I was doing a lot of fitness um, competitions in 2018 and 2019. So I was like, I want to be more in that fitness space anyway. Um, And I loved it. Like for what it was, like I needed simple also, Mm -hmm. like I needed things to feel simple and easy. I needed a end time to the day, right. To be able to come home and be like, I don't have to do anything else once I get home. Sure. Um, And that's, that was a lot harder for me to establish those kinds of boundaries in the past with my own business. Um, And I was going through some tough stuff in my marriage at the time, which I don't know if we talked about this um, in our previous You mentioned it to me before. Yeah. So I I went through a divorce in 2020. So in 2019, my ex and I were working through a lot of stuff. So, so I chose to kind of step back from my business, take a little bit of an entrepreneur break to focus on my own mental health, focus on my relationship, all of that, and just needed a change. Um, And then, yeah, during, go ahead. Before we go on, I want to go back to a couple of things. So one, you talked about reinventing yourself in your twenties, which is funny because I was having a conversation recently with somebody who was, was kind of making the comment, like, you know, once you get to a certain age, you know, you're kind of just stuck on your path or whatever. And, and I think that's like one of the biggest misconceptions people can have is that like, there's some like age on like your ability to pivot yeah, and do stuff. And like, I don't know how old, like, the McDonald's founder was when he started McDonald's, but I'm pretty sure he was like in his fifties or sixties or something like, yeah, you, know, you can always start new things. It's, it's, uh, it's cool that you did that in your twenties. Cause to me, that's early, right? Like I, you know, I, Seriously. I later, right. Like, <laughs> like imagine a 27 year old right now. Like they yeah, look like they're awesome. three, they're like five, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you're a baby. And then you talked about <laughs> spreading yourself too thin, which yeah. I'm curious do you think you would have gone all in and done what you did if you hadn't spread yourself too thin? Uh, probably not. So a lot of my biggest lessons up until I'd say COVID hit up until that, like up until my fitness income, fitness business got wiped out from mm-hmm. gyms all getting shut down up until that I was very much, I'm, I'm, can be a little stubborn. I don't like to quit like that sort of thing either. Mm -hmm. And, and so a lot of the times, um, those big lessons and when I need to make big changes, I need to get like, um, beat over the head with it or like run right into the wall. So, um, so even, you know, like, I think that's a high achiever in you, right? Like, yeah, I I almost think high achievers to a certain degree need to like stretch themselves to that point to kind of just know like, okay, that's too far. Like I need to, because otherwise you'll never know. And then you'll always kind of be like wanting more and wanting more and wanting more. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I don't think had I like hit those breaking points, had I dealt with depression, right? Like I, I say a lot of the times that my depression was such a gift actually. And it sucked. Like, I don't want to go through that again. And mm-hmm. 20 or 2019 was, was really the first time I'd experienced, um, depression. I didn't realize that was what it was until like halfway through it. Um, and thankfully was able to eliminate it in 2020. And mm-hmm. I, I had like a little kind of flare up of it very, uh, around a very specific, um, incident, sure. but was able to quickly identify it and shift out of it. Right. But I don't think I would have made those big changes um, and looked at things the way that I did and looked internally more if I wasn't experiencing that, because I was able to be a very high functioning person with chronic anxiety. Right. And like, I was still a really high functioning depressed person. Um, so your anxiety, did you actually have like panic attacks or like what, like what, what was your experience with anxiety? Cause I know people experience it differently. And, um, I think I've had, I've, I think I've said this before. I've had, I think I've had one panic attack. Okay. And it yeah, was when I was college. an intern, I was talking to a, I was talking to my, my manager and I had to like walk away in the middle of a mm-hmm. conversation and like, go get water. Cause I literally thought I was going to die. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what was happening. I never had anything like that happen. It was totally bizarre. It's never happened to me again. Mm-hmm. Thank God. But you know, is that what you were dealing with? Yeah, mine. So I had it a bit like sophomore year of college and it would be that kind of like fight or flight. Like I need to escape. And like, I would like, 
get in my car and go for a, like leave campus, go for a drive mm-hmm. and call my mom just like in pant crying and being like, I just, I don't know what's wrong, but like, I have to get out like that, like escape kind of feeling. And so anxiety attacks like that. Um, m- the last, like, I would say five years with it has been up until this past year. Like I, I mm-hmm. effectively eliminated it like in 2020, I'd okay. say. And so now when it creeps up, I'm able to like get it out of there real fast. Um, but had it pretty chronically for several years and what it would feel like for me would, yes, I would have anxiety attacks, panic attacks where like, you can't, can't breathe sort of thing like that, that kind of fight or flight feeling really acute situations. Um, but then what it was for me, most of the time was feeling like I was just like insanely over-caffeinated, like where your body Mm -hmm. feels like super shaky, your heart, like you almost feel like your heart's racing. I I call it like, yeah, your heart's racing. Like I'm like, Oh, I feel kind of heart attacky is like what I I call it. Your heart's beating really fast. Um, and sometimes, uh, like mentally I would, I would, what I call like spinning or you spiral where you're going through this like thought loop, this mental loop of like worst case scenario. And you can't stop thinking in that circular motion, even if, yeah, even if I'm like, I know what I'm thinking about right now is not true. Mm -hmm. I know this isn't the truth. And I know that it's really ineffective and my brain is tricking me right now and I can't get it to stop. Right. So that it was that kind of feeling. And so, yeah. How'd you you get over it? You said you effectively just got over it in 2020. What'd you do? Anything different? Uh, so when it shifted to depression, um, I had some like big stuff in my life that was out of alignment and things that I was like holding shame around and that kind of stuff that I finally like brought to the surface and started to heal and deal with. And so once I did that, cause I think that anxiety and depression, I believe that that is just, those are just, that's just your body telling you that something is off inside, right? right? Something that you haven't been dealing with mm-hmm. is off. And your body's like, yo, it's like the, you know, an alarm trying to be like, yo, can you please freaking pay attention? Like something's going on here and you're not listening. So it's going to get louder, right? Until it's a anxiety attack or depression. And so once I kind of brought some of this junk, like shadow work, internal, like yucky stuff out, finally, um, it shifted into depression, which was really interesting. Um, Which for me was like, disinterest, not feeling energized, excited, I needed what felt like 15 hours of sleep a day, like, all that kind of stuff didn't feel inspired or motivated or my, I didn't feel like myself. Right. And like, and so, and why I say I'm grateful for it is because again, used to be a bit of a workaholic overachiever and had I not. And so that year that I was dealing with depression, 2019, I was also doing a ton of fitness stuff and dealing with some, um, some, it technically like piriformis syndrome, but it felt like sciatica. So major chronic oh, nerve okay. pain as well. Yeah. And so anytime I would sit down for longer than five minutes, I would be in, insanely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And my, so physically my body did not want me to sit down for long periods of time, like in front of a computer or mm-hmm. in the office. And then mentally and emotionally, because I was dealing with this depression. And, and at that time I was um, training personal training clients in person, you know, when I would be done for the day and be like, okay, now I'm going to work on the business, right? I have to get things rolling. Cause this is just a gap year. I'm just doing this for a year because I need that break. I, at some times I'd be like, now I got one hour. My brain has one hour of energy to put toward anything. And then I just have to like lay on the couch in my towel after a shower and just watch Netflix, you know, like yeah, that yeah. sort of vibe. <laughs> um, and so as, as time went on and I started to like, um, come out of that, mm-hmm. that window would be maybe like three hours of energetic, like mental focus, excitement, motivation. Right. And, and so I'd be like, I, so it taught me to be really, really intentional with my time. So That's all awesome. the other crap that I would be like, Oh, what about this project? Or what about, why don't we create a webinar for this and for this and for this and like all the overdoing, I was like, not nah, dog. Like we got to stay focused on whatever is mission critical and if, if my body physically and my brain, like energetically, mentally, emotionally is right. only giving me two or three hours a day, 
then those two or three hours, I better freaking make them count. And so I cleared so much of the extra like BS and like busy work and all that stuff. I cleared it out and maintained that like time ninja um, habit coming out of depression. I think this is something so valuable for our audience because I think this is where a lot of people, especially high achieving people miss. And you mentioned hard work earlier and how hard work doesn't necessarily pay off because you yeah. know, what work are you doing? How consistently are you doing it? And is it the work that's actually going to get you where you want to go? So many people, it, it's almost like a bragging contest of like how busy I am. Oh, yeah. I do all this stuff. It's like, great. Like, who cares? Like what right? are you actually accomplishing anything toward yeah. what you're really trying to do? So being deliberate with your time and really having a, cl- like always challenging yourself. How can you do more in less time? How can you accomplish yeah. more with less effort? And it's not that, okay, now I'm just going to be lazy and like not work hard. It's do both. You got yeah. you got to work hard too. And that's, yes. that's how the ultra successful get ultra successful is because they're not only uber efficient, but they work hard. Yes. Yeah. And right? so I was like, okay, if yes, now my energetic capacity and like, you know, figured out the physical stuff, like now that that's yeah. okay. And, and gotten so much better. I'm like, I'm not going to go right back into like 12 hour days. No, yeah. we're going to keep that. Like we learned how to get a lot done in a tight amount of time. So we're going to stick with that. That's awesome. Um, and you, you asked too, like what, what I did to help eliminate, um, anxiety and the depression and stuff like that. So much of it was like turning inward and like getting just like radically honest with myself, like super, super self-aware and being like, okay, what's not in alignment in my sure. life? Like what haven't I dealt with? Yeah. And, and then doing what needed to be done to get into alignment. Um, part of that was ending my marriage. Wow. You know, I think that's, that's sad no matter what. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a real, like, I, I talk about it a lot in, in my own podcast and stuff, but, um, and, and still like, that was such a sad thing for me to do, but ultimately ended up being the best thing for both of us. Um, so that, because I think that was something that was under the surface that I, again, like, I'm like, well, I'm not a quitter. Like I, you know, like, I'm going to make this work no matter what sort of thing. But it was, it was there under their surface for a while. Sure. sure. Um, Marriage I, is a very complicated thing. It's yeah. definitely not an easy thing by yeah, any means absolutely. for anybody, absolutely. even if you have a great one, it's never yeah. easy. Right. So, yep. you know, absolutely. I can only imagine how difficult it would be to make that decision. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, therapy, I did quite a bit of therapy question about um, therapy because yeah. this came up recently on a, on another episode because I've got a mentor of mine who talks about how he really believes we should instead of kind of constantly repeating stuff from our past like in therapy sessions you know get it all out you should basically you know focus on your past learn about it learn from it figure out you know if you need to repent or like you know do something differently from your past sure you know do all that but then really focus on what you want and what you want going forward mm. constantly mm-hmm. pour in yourself the future and of what you want to become as opposed to continually rehashing bad memories because he thinks yeah. when you continually say and restate and and I think this you know it sounds like this may be kind of a fundamental flaw with traditional therapy a lot of times is because people you know kind of the AA sort of environment like people just go and constantly restate you know hi I'm Phil I'm an alcoholic mm-hmm. or whatever right mm-hmm. and like you're you're basically recreating that reality every time you go and say that like have you experienced anything like that not really and I I worked with two therapists over the past year and both were really helpful but also served different needs and so like with with the one that I worked with for a bit I was like okay I I feel like what I needed from that dynamic like I've I've gotten that and so I almost like graduate like graduated out of it like evolved out of it and stuff and and I would say and then the other one was very much my ex and I started working with with one to like work on things and within a week ultimately decided oh we're not we're actually here to work on things we're here to come out of this in a beautiful way or as beautiful as we can um and 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 so in both of those dynamics definitely talked about past stuff sure um, but I, and, and 
think both of those therapists were great. Um, and so instead I- of like rehashing it and reliving it, it's more of, okay, what meaning did you bring into your adult life from that sure. situation? Now, how are you going to rewrite that story? Or how can you now look at it differently through the lens of being an adult and see that that version of you, the little girl, little boy, you know, the child version of you saw this that way. And now right. how can we, how can we re reframe that? So um, yeah, I don't think you want to like, yeah, rehash and- all that stuff, but sometimes it has to write, you have to, in order to heal it, you've got to like go back through it sometimes. Sure. And folks, I'm not a therapist, so you know, take take anything <laughs> I'm saying with a grain of salt. But you <laughs> know, I'm just I. intrigued by it, right? Yeah. And, um, yep. You know, I think it's it's really amazing that you've you've been through that, you've come through it, and it sounds like you know, I liked your your comment about sort of graduating, right? Like there's there's kind of a, a time to focus and and contemplate and meditate on on what's happened, figure out how you can learn from it, and then move on. And it sounds like you're doing mm-hmm. that, which is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Therapy was helpful, making sure I'm staying on top of my fitness. When I felt anxiety or something, checking in and be like, okay, is there something I'm not addressing right now? No, Mm -hmm. I also am very intuitive and an empath. So I can take on other people's stuff and I'm able to, I've gotten better at identifying, oh no, this isn't mine. Like Mm -hmm. get out of here, you know? You're not Um, responsible for other people's actions. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Get out, get out of my energy field. I'm plant medicine was very, very helpful yeah. in 2020. Um, plant medicine. Strong... Is that like some sort of code? Is that like code lingo <laughs> for drugs? Yes. <laughs> um, ayahuasca, I pick, what you're putting psilocybin, like, yes. And like did them with very intentional, uh, very clear intentions around healing and stuff like that. And they were Interesting. wildly effective. Wildly seem effective. Seem to be a lot of people looking into those things these days. Yeah. Like, yeah wildly effective. So, and so, yeah, I want to get to public relations yes. because <laughs> you, you make an interesting comment about public relations and why you don't think we should hire a PR agency. And I want to hear what I want to hear more about that. What's that about? Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, yes. And no, I don't think it's necessary at all. And I own a PR agency. I run a PR agency. I just ha- had a new client get started today. So, and it's not necessary it, to get visibility, right? And to to assert and elevate your authority and credibility. Mm-hmm. So, which is why I created my program that you mentioned when you introduced me, the PR Accelerator. Um, because the thing is like PR, I think for so many people, and I work primarily with entrepreneurs. So a lot of personal brands, my program is for earlier stage entrepreneurs, maybe like aren't yet at their six figures or maybe early six figures. Um, And a lot of people think that PR is something that is like just for celebrities or just if you've got a million or multi-million dollar business or, um, but it, but it, a lot of people think it's this thing that's like untouchable almost and don't exactly know what it is. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, once I'm at this level, I'll know that I'm ready for PR. Or once somebody reaches out to me, then I'll know I've arrived and I'm ready for it. But it's totally something that you can and should be doing for yourself. So basically at the very basic level, PR, PR is part of marketing, right? So Mm -hmm. marketing is the umbrella. Marketing is basically how you connect with your potential clients and customers, right? It's like, Hey, I've got the thing, right? Like there you go. Trying to connect with your people who want to buy your stuff. Sure. Now advertising is going to be much more in your face and obvious still you connecting with your potential clients and customers PR, on the other hand, you pull in a a different character into the mix. So instead of you connecting with your, I mean, you're still connecting with your ideal clients and customers, but instead of you to the client customer, it's somebody else. So you're leveraging a third party, another person, whether that's a podcast host, journalist, editor, influencer, whatever, you're leveraging a third party outlet, a third party Mm -hmm. source to tell your ideal clients, your potential clients, customers, how awesome you are. So you're bringing in somebody else to be like, oh no, trust me, she's really awesome. Right. And so that brings in a whole like layer of credibility and authority because it's not you saying you're great. It's somebody else saying you're great, which makes it really, really powerful. I mean, that's why like we look at reviews, testimonials, all that kind of stuff. It carries a lot of authority. And so 
you know, if you like right now, for example, this is a PR activity for me, mm-hmm. right? So just by you having me on your show. So right in this situation, you're the third party source, the third party outlet. And right. even if you're not saying to your audience, Hey, Lauren's so amazing, like that kind of stuff, just by you having me on your show, that signifies to your audience that I'm worth listening to, right? Because mm-hmm. they trust you and you bring on great guests and you share valuable content. So if you've got me on here, like that tells your audience, like, Hey, like she's, she's somebody to listen to, like pay attention. Right. Now, of course, it's my job to deliver value and, and everything like that. But some of that trust and credibility that you've built that gets, I get to borrow some of that. I get to, mm-hmm. to bring some of that over here just by being here on your show. Right. So, so PR is so powerful because it's, you, it's a lot of leverage and you right. get to tap into somebody else, not only somebody else's audience, but somebody else's trust and credibility, which can be hard to, to build, right? right. And takes time to build. Um, so it's a quicker way to tap into that. And so, so PR amazing for, for leverage. And I want to, so yeah, I want to so add to that. I want to build on that. Cause I, I think yes. that's so important for people to realize. And for me, I didn't realize that PR, you know, those, those principles apply in so many situations beyond just getting on a show or getting on a podcast or whatever, like just in, in personal interactions, like we don't have the ability to edify ourselves. Like other people have to edify us and we have Mm -hmm. to edify other people. So it's something, you know, especially if you're a leader to be very conscious of, you know, if you have good people, make sure you're edifying them and and make sure you're training your people when they, you know, introduce you maybe, or they're talking about your organization that you're a part of, that they are the ones that are edifying. They're always edifying and and it's always going outward. It's never, you know, you're not able to do it to yourself Mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise you just look like an egomaniac with a big head like me, big (laughs) head. But, you know, have, have you ever heard that before? Yeah. And, and I would not exactly disagree because I think people, at least a lot of the people that I work with, like in the coaching industry and personal development industry, don't always like own how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. Like they should be bragging about themselves more sort of thing. Like, and, and using language like, Hey, I'm an expert at, or my team and I are really great at X, Y, Z, right? Like feel free to use that kind of language when you're talking about yourself and to your point, absolutely. Like that you get, there's so much more weight when somebody else does it. Even just thinking about like, like I said, I had a kickoff call with a new client. Me, the way that I introduced my team on that call is going to make the new client feel so much more confident in working with us. So what are most people doing wrong? What are the six mistakes that are holding us back? Yeah. So, and yeah, so with that, like to, to kind of close that, that thought, like, you don't have to, if you're just starting out and you're like, oh, well, I'm not ready for PR. Like you can absolutely like start getting yourself out there and, and leveraging other like third parties, right? Like make, make the, the work easier on you. Get some of that leverage. Um, PR at the, like a very basic form of PR is sharing client testimonials, right? Cause that's your client saying how amazing you are. Not you use their language, screenshot texts or, or whatever um, from them. So, so yeah, start putting yourself out there, like take messy action and just do it and get more visible and, and show up in a lot more places. Cause that's how you're going to grow your audience, grow your client base, all of that, grow your credibility. Um, but yeah, some of the mistakes that people are making, I would say we're getting too hung up on like audience grow audience number and that sort of thing, or like income numbers, thinking there's like a, an imaginary benchmark that you have to cross before you can get started. That's a big sure. mistake that people make. Um, so thinking you're not, not enough or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people too make, make the mistake of like worrying about the algorithm or competition or like my industry is oversaturated, that sort of thing. But like, you're not, you're not here to do business with every single person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are meant to be in your space, like keep showing up and speaking directly to them and they will find you like, especially with the past year, you know, it got the the online space got noisier because yeah. everyone shifted online and more and polarized like, oh. yeah yes. very <laughs> exciting world to live in yeah um and and so people are like well i don't like i i what's the point like these people have been in business longer than me 
but the floodgates opened from both ends. Like also, not only did more people come online to sell. So yes, that did happen. It did get a little bit more crowded, but way more people came online to consume and to purchase as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Another, you know, other mistakes like shoot when it comes to pitching and stuff like that is like making it all about you. Because on the one hand, like, yeah, you're, you're wanting to get out there to improve your visibility and your reputation and, and show how amazing you are and all this kind of stuff. But PR isn't actually about you, right? It's about, okay, what kind of value can I add to this person's audience, you know, to the readers right. of this publication? Um, you know, so what value can you add? So it's more about putting yourself in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and adding massive value. So not making it about you. Yeah, you're going to tell them your accomplishments and that kind of stuff. But you really should be coming from the place of, of empathy and, and value. So mm-hmm. I think that when you get better at PR and pitching yourself, you're going to become a more empathetic person as well. Cause you are much more quick on your feet and versatile to be able to see how something can be valuable for, for somebody else and for lots of other people. So oh, oh, question you mentioned earlier yes. that you had your friend who didn't know what you were all about and like what you were yes. doing, like, how did you improve that? How did you fix that? And how did you communicate what value you had to bring? Yeah. So I, well, I decided to clean up my messaging. So instead mm-hmm. of trying to also do fitness and also do some businessy stuff. I was like, okay, we need to make a freaking decision one way or the other then. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things clean up what I was putting out into the world. And so me getting clear on what my message was and what my main focus was going to be, that was a really important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also making sure that I, um, so, so yeah, so getting clear on my message and what I'm putting out into the world, but then I also like did a little, I mean, I guess it was like some self-worth type of work of being like, okay, like, wait a second, even if I haven't been taking this as seriously as I quote unquote should have been like, I've accomplished a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've been doing this for a while. And so doing a little audit of your accomplishments as well and making a list, like this is something we have, um, you know, we, we ask of our agency clients and I have the students in the PR accelerator do is like, write down like five to 10 of your biggest wins and like things that you just can brag about. Like, don't worry about looking like braggy or show offy or anything like, please show off. Like, what are those things? So doing a little audit and like taking inventory of your big accomplishments so that you are like, wait a second, I have done a lot in this space. Right. And then talk about those things. Yeah. Right. Like whether it's putting a, you know, putting case studies together or something like that, but start talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other things that I did, I started adjusting my language of mm-hmm. how I was speaking about my business. So saying things like, you know, I'm an expert at X, Y, Z, we helped this client do da, 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 right. So speaking about these accomplishments and what right. we can do and how we can help people. Um, and then, I mean, I started showing up like crazy to add value and part of and it was, it was actually a really special, like full circle moment with everything happening in 2020, because I, that last agency that I was, I was talking about in the beginning, when I left there, I was like, yeah, I, I stayed probably a year too late. So I was pissed when I left. Right. So I'm like, like middle fingers. You were, you were like, glad to be gone. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so <laughs> I like, I for sure had some PTSD, like associated oh, with that geez. experience and <laughs> was like, you know, screw that, like da, 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 all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. And um, yeah, so, so part of that, but then was able to really like heal that once 2020 happened, because even though that was, you know, we all lived, lived through it. We had a collective experience or individual experiences and I don't think any of us has ever lived through anything like that before and hopefully not again. Right. Um, and at the same time, I had that background in crisis communications, crisis PR for the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this, yes, this is new. And I feel so prepared wow. to help people right now. I know how to put together communications campaigns when shit hits the fan. Like mm-hmm. I know what to do, especially in the health and wellness space or healthcare space. And even though I wasn't 
I don't do stuff in the healthcare space mm-hmm. anymore. I do stuff in health and fitness. We do have health and fitness clients. Um, I'm like, oh, this is this feels familiar. Like I know what to do. And so yeah. I was leaning in and I was doing trainings and free webinars and like guest coaching all over the place, nonstop, just value, value, service, 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 service. Mm-hmm. And and so that definitely helps to build a lot of momentum and a lot of credibility. Um, and it was a nice like I said, full circle moment for me, because I was like, Oh, I'm so grateful for that last agency experience, even though like it was, it felt right. like crap for a long time. And I was pissed for a long time <laughs> about it. Like I'm yeah. really grateful for it because I know how to communicate and put strategies together during time, major times of crisis. Mm-hmm. And I also knew how to then build an agency. Like that agency grew from, I was the seventh employee. And when I left four years later, there were about 40 employees and two offices. So I'm like, Dang. I also know how to build a, a freaking agent PR agency because That's of that. Awesome. Cause I helped to build one, <laughs> you right, know? Right. So, so I, I, be, I got very, I was very grateful for that experience. Um, you know, setting me up for, for success in, in 2020 and beyond. Yeah. So thinking forward, how can we 10 X our visibility online? What, you know, are we, are we only getting paid ads? What's the deal? I don't do any paid ads. Um, and, and I don't think that's necessary at all. What I would say, I mean, there's so many different things. I think you want to think about what your goals are for your business, right? Like if you are a new coach and you want to sell out a coaching program, get on podcast because people are going to get to experience you and your energy, Mm -hmm. go do guest coaching, right? Like, cause if you want to coach, like go get in into groups where people have already invested in coaching. So maybe they'll invest in more coaching and where you get to be positioned as an expert coach and they get to experience what it's like to be coached by you do Mm -hmm. guest coaching, um, do free webinars and trainings and things like that. Um, so think about what your goals are and the types of visibility that would best support those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like online publications, like getting into Forbes, for example, that's amazing and impressive, not a big client converter because like people aren't looking at a Forbes article and clicking through and being like, Hey, can I hire you way less likely? But when you have a Forbes like logo in your IG bio or on your website, when a client goes there, they're going to be like, Oh, you know, so, so yes. So publications are going to give you a lot more of that reputation and credibility factor. So knowing which types of opportunities are going to best serve your goals mm-hmm. um, and and get clear on what those key messages are for you. Like as, as we talked about already, like one of my key messages and one of the things that's on my pitch page, which you guys make a pitch page and I actually have a, a free li- free template I can share if you, you want to share that with your, your peeps. Um, but one of the things on my pitch page is, yeah, the talking point about mental health and why I'm grateful for having dealt with anxiety and depression. I don't coach on anxiety and depression and it's a powerful talking point and something that so many entrepreneurs experience and deal with. And right. it's important for me. I feel passionate about talking about it. So getting really clear on what your key messages are and yes, making sure most of those are like leading somebody down the path of, of what your business is and what you right. do. Right. Um, but get clear on those core messages, what you're passionate about teaching on speaking about, um, and then just start taking messy action and showing up and, and knowing too, that it does again with the whole, going back to the question of like, why you shouldn't hire an agency. Like a lot of people think that you have to do every single thing, right? Oh, well I have to do be all over social media and reels and TikTok, And then I have to be on podcasts and pitching myself to articles. And I should also be like a guest blog contributor, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, the Gary it's not model. necessary. Exactly. Right. Like everything everywhere. <laughs> yes. Which is great. And like, I mean, it works. A whole operation going on. Over right, there. right. Right. Um, little investment yeah, so, though. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't have to do every single thing. And it also doesn't have to take a ton of time. Yeah. If you're like, you know what? I've got an hour a week to devote to PR. Great. This week, figure out what your key messages are, your talking points, maybe next week, figure mm-hmm. out like, flesh out those pitch angles a little bit more, maybe the week after you find contact information. And then after that, like one hour, you can send out like 
in an hour you can send like what 25 to 50 messages about being on someone's podcast like there's a lot you can do right in an hour two hours a week so just start small and like take action and put yourself out there amazing advice lauren and i i gotta thank you for being willing to talk about the anxiety and depression stuff absolutely because it's not easy and everyone knows that there's a lot of people out there dealing with those things and people that are aren't you know, maybe embarrassed or maybe they mm-hmm. are a little bit hesitant to share, like they're going to be looked at differently. And so, you know, there's people out there dealing with it. There's people out there yeah. that have great advice like you on how to deal with it and, and actually overcome it. And I'm glad you're willing to share that. So yeah, you. absolutely. You, you're welcome. And I would say to like anyone listening, you guys like feel free to slide into my DMs. You can ask me anything about PR business, like you name it. And like I'm available if you want to connect about the the mental health stuff too, because I, I I get it and it does it's not fun. <laughs> Definitely not fun. Yeah. But this has been fun, and yeah, I'm so glad you came on great. the show, Lauren. This was awesome. And likewise, um, y'all Thank make you. sure you go follow Lauren Salon. That's S A L A U N at Lauren Salon on Instagram. LaurenSalon.com is the website, and LaurenSalon.com/pr-accelerator is the link to her program and you can also get a free pitch page which i'm gonna go check yep. out actually your pitch page is super cool i uh thank you i'm, I'm you probably selfishly had it. you on the show for some <laughs> for some education of gle hey so, happy know, i'm gonna to. be ta- i'm taking notes share. over here i'm taking notes. yeah but, and um, obviously like you've got my info hit me up heck yeah for sure for sure well lauren it's been fun thanks for coming on what would you leave our audience with if you had three things to leave them with in the last few minutes we have here thinking that people might listen to this 250 a thousand years down the road a thousand you know, years down the our road great great grandchildren hello what are, you, what are you leaving them with what are you um, leaving them with i would say like i i believe that we all have like a freaking unique like magic to us we each have some kind of unique gift to share with the world a unique impact to make Right. And I think that one, like whether or not you believe it, like people want your flavor of magic out in the world. And so I would say to just like own whatever that is that you feel you're called to do, own it and show up and like, yeah, take that messy action, feel the fear, but like move and do it anyway. And, and I truly believe that the more you, you are in the world, the more successful fulfilled and just like on fire you will be. And the more you'll become a magnet for the things that you want. And, and I think when it comes to PR, you know, like it's, it's about owning your, owning your magic and your unique gifts and sharing that in a big, big way. And yeah. So like own whatever it is that you feel your purpose is, and just get out there and share that message. And like, yeah, be so true to you. And, and I believe that when you do that, it all starts to fall into place. Boom. Thanks for coming on, Lauren. This has been amazing. Y'all make sure you go follow her at Lauren Salon on Insta, laurensalon.com. And do what we do here at GLE. Go leave everything. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go Lead.